And with that, I'm going to invite Mark to come on up. Uh, as uh, some of you know, the last time we had uh, the Lander Homes here with us, I think we were praying for their firstborn. <laughs> praying, praying in that way as far as it was a difficult pregnancy. And uh, we were also praying that uh, um, God would guide and, and provide and all that too. Now we see three boys with them and another one along the way. Yes. So I will let you... Uh, let us know about those things. I won't take, steal your thunder on that. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you. Uh, just three days before coming, we had found out that our oldest son, in utero, was diagnosed with a... Well, at that time, they didn't know what was going on, just that something wasn't right with his heart. And um, so... We know that so many people all across the globe have been praying, and Sammy is now going on eight, and he's, God's just been so faithful. He's had three open-heart surgeries, but in the midst of all of that, God has really showed up, and God has used his life to point so many to Jesus, and so we're thankful for that. Thank you for praying. Um, Esti and I do serve in Hungary. Uh, if you don't know, which I don't suspect, uh, wouldn't expect you to know, Hungary is a small country in Central Europe. It's about the size of the state of Indiana. Um, in the Midwest, that's usually an easy description. I don't know if you can picture the size of the state of Indiana, but it's smaller than Oregon. So um, 10 million people live in Hungary, and Hungary is what we would consider a post-Christian, post-communist nation. It is very much Christian by tradition. Um, they consider themselves culturally Christian. But unfortunately, that cultural Christianity has very little to do with belief. So much so that if you go to the official statistics, 80% or so of the population will identify as some firm of Christian. But then you go and you read, and 80% or so of the population will identify either as agnostic or atheist. The two don't go together. Belief and, and the tradition do not go hand in hand. And so because of that, Hungary really has about, generously speaking, 5% of the population that would be living Christians, but that number is probably actually about half that, at 2.5%. So God has called Esti and I to serve in Hungary. And just as a little background, I'm a preacher's kid from Ohio. It doesn't sound like that. I have a speech impediment, and so many times people think I've picked up a really good Hungarian accent. I wish that was the case but my Hungarian is not that good. And my accent is definitely very, very bad in Hungarian. So, um, but I am from Ohio, and um, Esti um, is, grew up in Hungary in a wonderful Christian family, and we met in Hungary, dated as she was studying here in the States, and got married, and immediately started serving with Word Gospel Mission there in Hungary. So in Hungary, 
we do a variety of ministries. We serve, um, I serve as what WGM, a mission agency, now calls area team leaders. So I oversee our missionaries in the Czech Republic and in Hungary. Um, and I really enjoy that work. I enjoy working with a broader regional team as we look for strategy and ways of better serving Jesus in the countries where we are. Additionally, uh, we work with Morning Star Ranch, which is a Christian equine ministry. Um, actually, Estes family started this ministry uh, during their vacations. They would put on uh, camps, and it's just been a fantastic opportunity to point children to Jesus. And now we additionally use it to point uh, to do women's days and men's days, to do other special events, and we found it to be a, just a really great opportunity for people to slow down and encounter Jesus. Uh, through that ministry, Esty is a um, certified horseback riding instructor, and she does lessons with kids. And largely, she does lessons with kids who come from hard places, maybe from the foster system, um, from orphanages. And the way that they open up through this is, is a gift of Jesus. One day, she was giving a lesson to to a young lady who was selectively mute. She did not talk to anyone, not because she couldn't talk, but because of the trauma she had experienced. And she was up riding, and as she was riding, as she was giving her instructions and asking questions like she always does, and this little girl started to answer, and she just felt relaxed. She felt at ease, at peace. She got off and she didn't talk anymore to Esty, but, but there was a breakthrough. And so we're grateful how, for how God uses that. But we're also excited for, um, we recently, the last time we went back to Hungary in 2017, we moved to a new area of Hungary. A lot of missionaries are centered in Budapest, the capital city, where the majority of the population are. But we moved out to the countryside to be closer to this range, but also to serve an underserved area of Hungary. And it's been so great, the community that Esti especially has been able to build with young moms. In Hungary, mothers get often the first three years of their children's lives off for maternity leave. And so it creates this great opportunity to invest in moms and invest in these young kids. And Esty has a gifting towards that. She's built a group of moms praying for their kids. She's led Baba, Baba Mama, Baby Mama Clubs. I was speaking in Hungarian there for a second. <laughs> um, she leads Baby Mama Clubs and it's just been really exciting to see the growth of these women. Additionally, Esty is involved in working with the National Children's Cardiac Hospital. Um, there's one hospital where any cardiac child 
needs to go in Hungary. And first starting off is just peer support and then the hospital asking her to come in in a more official capacity. She comes along parents when they find out that they have a diagnosis of a, a congenital heart disease in utero. And she's able to walk beside these parents and, and help them in these early processes. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that later. But these are some of the things we do. Um, when we get back, we're excited to begin partnering with a coffee shop that is opening in a village nearby that's really seeking to make inroads in a Roma community, a gypsy community. If you know much about Europe, the Roma, uh, less politically correct, the gypsy community is a separate ethnicity that are really marginalized within their communities because of this marginalization often. They have high rates of crime, high rates of poverty, and um, a lot of the youth coming out of that don't have much hope. And so we're excited to, to work through a coffee shop ministry just to help point these kids in a different direction. Um, and so all we do is in Hungary is done, made possible through churches and individuals supporting us. And so I think everyone has a prayer card. We'd invite you just to pray over whether or not God would have you be a part of the work in Hungary. And maybe he's going to point you into a different ministry that he'd have you be a part of, whether that's giving, praying, coming and serving alongside of us. We love all of that. And other missionaries would love that as well. So please be in prayer about what God's asking you to play a part of in global missions, whether that's Hungary or whether it's a completely different country. We, we would love for you to be obedient to Jesus in that. But we recognize that as we go back to Hungary in just hopefully September, end of September, the Hungary we left just before Christmas is a very different place. Um, if you've been following the news, you can't miss it. Russia has invaded Ukraine, and Hungary borders Ukraine. As a result, over 830,000 refugees from Ukraine have entered Hungary. And Hungary's, again, a population of 10 million people. That means eight the Hungary's population has grown by 8.3% in just a matter of five months. And there's a lot of work to do with the refugees. So we recognize when we go back that refugee work's gonna be a huge aspect of, of what we are involved in. And it already is part of what we're doing as uh, along with our regional director, we are overseeing funds being distributed to people we trust on the ground, helping with refugee ministry when we can't be there right now, um, both in Hungary and the Czech Republic, and then also getting it to the pastors that we know and trust in Ukraine to, to continue doing ministry there. So um, this is an overview of, of what we're involved in. But uh, my heart is really discipleship, 
and, and part of that is, is being a Bible teacher. And so I'd love to open Scripture this morning and look at John chapter 20. Um, it's been a really meaningful passage of Scripture to me. And we're going to be in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. Now, a little bit of background. John chapter 20 is Easter day, that very first Easter. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to Mary Magdalene. And she's run and she's told the disciples. But they don't believe. They don't know what to do with this news. And so that's where we pick up. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus, as we look at your word today, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that it wouldn't, um, wouldn't be me that's, that's heard, but it would be you. Let me be a channel for what you would have to say for us this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we've encountered this scripture so many times. And if you're like me, the tendency is just to make this about Thomas. Oh, Sally Thomas, how could he not believe? But as I've looked at this, it's really quite amazing. The resurrected Jesus, Jesus, who that morning was not easily recognized by Mary Magdalene. Jesus, who in Luke's account, we find he walked on a road probably for hours with two of his disciples, and they don't see him. They don't recognize that it's him. Apparently, in his resurrected body, he looked slightly different. Jesus, who in this resurrected body, twice John makes it very clear that he's appearing 
through walls. He's coming through the walls. And this resurrected body, Jesus apparently isn't bound by the same laws. He doesn't have to look the same. And yet, Jesus has chosen to keep the wounds of the cross. And they're not just small wounds. If we read, Thomas can literally put his hand up into Jesus' side. These are big, ugly, nasty wounds. I don't know about you. I would choose to get rid of those. But Jesus doesn't. And so the question is why? And as we read this scripture, it becomes very clear. When Jesus appears to the disciples, they don't quite know what to do. And he immediately shows them his hands and his side. And then they say, they become overjoyed when they saw that it was the Lord. So that the wounds help them believe. And if we missed it with the disciples, we cannot miss it with Thomas. He says, unless if I see, unless if I touch, I won't believe. And Jesus allows him to do it. So the wounds of Jesus helped the disciples to believe. Believe in the resurrection. But we're not going to get to touch. We're not going to get to see the physical body of Christ, at least this side of heaven. And so are the wounds there for us at all? I believe they are. I mentioned at the beginning, walking this journey with our son, having open heart surgery just four days after he was burned then an emergency open heart surgery at two and a half months. This was a painful experience. There was a lot of tears and agony. And somehow in the midst of that experience, Esti and I found great comfort in the wounds of Jesus and knowing that our resurrected victorious Jesus still continued to carry the wounds of the cross because those wounds told us that he still understands, that he understands what it means to experience deep loss. He knows what pain is. And he doesn't stoop down and, and condescendingly say, oh, little one, it's going to be okay. But instead, he comes beside us and he puts his arm around us and he weeps with us. And he says, I understand. You know, as we, we look around us, there's so much pain. There's so much suffering. You can't turn on the news without seeing it. And sometimes my temptation is to think, well, if we as Christians could just float above it all, that would be the best. But instead, Jesus stoops down and he enters in. And he comes beside those who are suffering. And that gives hope. Those who are suffering don't need ones who have never experienced suffering. They need ones who can come by, weep with them, 
and then say, there is hope. I've experienced the hope. And so the wounds of Jesus do that. The wounds of Jesus tell us he understands. But furthermore, the wounds of Jesus are an invitation. Jesus tells Thomas, come and touch. They're an invitation not to look away from the broken, messy places of our world. Sometimes I think, oh, how, how can we, in the face of so much suffering, continue to believe? How can we take this all in? And if we just do it at a distance, it does become overwhelming. But the invitation of Jesus is to go and touch those broken places. Because somehow, in, in the economy of Jesus, and the way that he works, when we go and we touch those places through the movement of the Holy Spirit, we don't come to greater doubt, but instead we, like Thomas, scream out, my God and my Lord, and we find deeper belief. And so Esty, I mentioned, has worked with this group of women. And it started off as a small, small group, just Esty and another mom. And it began to grow. And these women uh, began to grow as well. They began to grow deeper to, with Jesus. And it's been exciting over the past three years to see that growth. And when war broke out with Ukraine... I mean, between Russia and Ukraine, they said, we have to do something. And they began to pray about what they could do. And one of them has a farm, and, and she said, you know what? We could probably host three families on our farm if you all will say, we'll come alongside of you and help. If you'll provide community, if you'll provide food and support. And this group of now 12 moms, just 12 regular Hungarian moms from a small village, have taken on three suffering families from Ukraine. In fact, three Roma families, the most marginalized of, of the suffering coming out of Ukraine. And they have loved on them. And they have provided them not only with food and water, and um, a place to stay, but they've provided them with community. And if they've reached out and touched those broken places, Jesus has worked in their hearts, and he's helped them to deeper faith. The invitation of Jesus is not to turn away, but it's to go where the Holy Spirit is leading and touch the broken places. But I really love verse 21 and 22. Jesus just shows the disciples his wounds. And then, as a good rabbi, he would have stood up and he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. The wounds right there in their faces. And Jesus is saying the same to us, those of us who believe. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 
The sending out of Jesus is not to go and live in a life of ease and just float above it all. But the sending out of Jesus is to go and into difficult places, to be wounded, and then to share those wounds with a desperate world. I mentioned that Esty has been working um, with the Heart Hospital in Hungary. What typically happens in Hungary when a, a family finds out that the child has been diagnosed with a congenital heart defect, a disease, uh, the doctors are very defensive. They don't want to have to deal with that. Even though that's what they're trained in, they don't want to have to deal with it because it might mean they lose a child. And so they say, you need to abort this baby. The loving thing for you to do is to get rid of this baby. Um, it's going to ruin your family. It's going to ruin every aspect. Get rid of the baby. Get rid of the baby. Get rid of the baby. You're just putting it to sleep. You're taking away its suffering. And Esty has been able to come alongside of these parents and say, no, there's a better way. No, these kids are a gift and their life is valuable. And because of the wounds that we have experienced, she has a voice. And there are names and faces that we can point to of kids that are alive today because they heard a different message than one the doctors were delivering. And there are others of moms who have said, we want to choose life for a baby. And they've chosen life, and they've lost the baby just days or even minutes after giving birth. And they've come back to Esty, and they've said, thank you. Choosing life for our baby, even though we lost her or him, was the best decision we ever made. And so the call of Jesus for us is to go and share our wounds, to say, there's hope. And that call for SD and I means going to Hungary. Maybe for you, it means going across the street to your neighbor in Happy Valley. Maybe it's going to your workplace and carrying Jesus. Maybe it's coming to Hungary. Maybe it's going to South America, to Africa, to Asia. Wherever Jesus is calling, he's calling us to go as the Father has sent him. Yes, there will be pain. Yes, we go to difficult situations. But the Holy Spirit makes it possible. And his love is so great that it's the greatest joy we can undertake. And it's, it's the hope that our desperate world needs. And so it's our great joy to get to do this in Hungary. And it's our prayer for you here in Happy Valley, that Jesus 
that the Holy Spirit would strengthen you to go wherever he is leading and reach your neighbors who are so desperate for help, who are hurting. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came and that you entered into our suffering. We thank you that you understand what it means to hurt. And we pray if there's anyone here today that says, no one understands my pain. I'm all alone. We pray that that they could find comfort in you. You, the wounded, resurrected Messiah, who understands our pain, who weeps beside us, but gives us hope. And Jesus, we pray that we would be people who would be willing to touch the broken places around us. And we pray that as we do that, you would help deepen our faith. And Jesus, we acknowledge that you are sending us out. You're sending us out sometimes across the globe, but sometimes just across the street, or maybe across the hall in our homes. Jesus, we pray that we would go as you came, that we would share wounds, not in a a way of seeking out suffering, but in a way of providing hope for our broken neighbors, for those in so desperate need of the hope that only you can give. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. For sharing. And, uh, and also, too, uh, letting us know how we might be able to be praying for you, uh, you guys, uh, more accurately as well. It's great to see Sammy running around over at camp and, and of course, here after being, being prayed for for so much. But uh, I'm sure there's been a lot that he's gone through as well with all those, those surgeries. Uh, something that Mark mentioned that I think we can also, too, be reminded as well talked about the, the wounds that we carry and that we are able to allow God to use those. Uh, it's it's a, almost the same prayer maybe that you've had in your life where, you, where Paul prays to have that thorn removed three times. And uh, it's that moment then at that time where you're realizing maybe, maybe God wants to use this in some way. And so maybe God is talking to you about that. Whatever thing you might be thinking, well, if only this one thing could be removed, then, boy, I could be used by God in so many ways. But God's going to use that for his glory. And as Paul figured out, that uh, God's grace is sufficient for him. In his weakness, he is strong because God can use you in your weakness, in your wounds, through your wounds, and be able to show and and point people to God. Um, So don't limit yourself. If you feel like uh, you know those things might keep you from adequately being used by God, it's not true. Um, God wants to use you, all of you, whatever whatever part uh, you might think is not worthy to be used. God wants to use that too, and uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, also, uh, in the bulletin there is the card, prayer card you can have there, and and be reminded to be praying for 
Mark and Esty, but also too on the back part, you can uh, be aware of how you might be able to support them. And like I mentioned, uh, wanted to uh, encourage you to um, be able to give to the Lander Homes and the envelopes that are in, in the pews before you. If you don't have one in front of you there, there's others in the other pews and you can find one there. And uh, Mark on the outside for Lander Homes and you can place it in the black box back there as well too along with your tithes and offerings. But uh, we need to continue to be praying for the Lander Homes and uh, as they are looking to get back on the field and uh, boy a lot of ministry going on that you've have you've have have been going on already in the horse camps but also too now the refugees coming and being able to meet those needs and minister to them God's got a lot of ministry for you guys to do and so we uh, we will be praying for you definitely we're going to uh, have our worship team come on up they're going to lead us in the last couple songs, and uh, as, as they do, just keep in mind, God wants to use you for His glory, and He wants to use you no matter where you're at, no matter who you're with, just be ready to be used by God in whatever way possible.